What's going on, everyone? Chuck and Houdini with you. Stacked rundown today. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers going down for the New York Jets. The Jets fail to leave the runway. Just the most New York Jets thing in the history of New York Jets things. We're getting into that. Joe Burrow with a haircut after a disgusting performance. Are we on or off the train of Joe Burrow's new haircut? But let's start with the big news today, Houdini, because this is a podcast that keeps the people well-informed of everything, whether it's the MySpace Top 5 or whether it's a massive current event that just wrapped up. This is in a, uh, well, we don't have all the details here, but it's in a town somewhere in Pennsylvania, and there was a fugitive on the run for 13 days that had crab-walked his way out of a prison. We'll get into more about the crab-walking in just a minute. But Crab Walked was on the loose for 13 days, and they finally got him complete afterwards with one of the more ridiculous press conferences you will ever see. It's it's a loaded question, Houdini. Where do we start? What was the most intriguing detail to you out of this? I think that he was five feet tall. All my short kings stand up as tall as you can get. I mean, this guy was five feet tall. That's why it took him so long to find him. I mean, and we saw the uh, the, the press conference, and – you're you're more in the broadcasting world. Was that a was that a real reporter or was that a plant? Was that like PFT commenter asking that question? I don't know if we're gonna be able to play that clip for the people, but incredible question. Well, sir, was there any concern that he would team up with another small man to step inside the trench coat, little rascal style? No. So you just heard the question right there, and no, that was not a real reporter. That was like a comedian. And uh, he somehow found his way to get a credential to this really big event. I mean, think about that. 13 days, this convicted killer was on the run in Pennsylvania. I mean, when we were in college, there was a person that was seen with like a, a squirt gun and a green sweatshirt. And we had class canceled for an entire day. They had 13 days of this convicted murderer running around in the city that was five feet tall. They could not find him anywhere. And then afterwards, one of the first questions at the press conference is they're talking to, uh, I want the right name here because we give all the details, Lieutenant George Bevins. And Lieutenant George Bevins is, is getting questions, and they ask him, were you guys worried at all that he would team up with another smaller man, hop on his shoulders underneath a trench coat, and escape like the little rascals? And the lieutenant just said, no. I mean, you call yourself a man of the law, and that never once. I would have had a team of fucking 20 people on my force trying to track down guys that looked a little bit too tall for their trench coats. Okay, there is clearly, you can tell this guy wasn't prepped. Um, there's a reason this guy was on the lam for two weeks. This guy was dressed up as a six, six foot five man with another small man on his shoulders in a trench coat. Um, I mean, big miss from, uh, what was it, Lieutenant George? Lieutenant George Bevins. Uh, Daniello Cavacante was the fugitive, and they found him through Plains Thermal Imaging. It helped locate him, um, which got me thinking, this is some 24-type stuff. They brought on Jack Bauer, uh, the Jack Bauer of Pennsylvania. He's like, get to PTU! It's PTU! Get to PTU, Tony! Um, the full Jack Bauer situation to find this guy with the thermoplanes and they, they finally get him out of there. He tried to escape because he was a little guy and he was trying to climb through logs. Essentially they unleashed attack dogs on him or they unleashed the, 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 the sniffing dogs on him and the, and the dogs actually gave him some, some wounds there. Uh, this story's got everything. It's one of the more wild things I've ever heard. And then afterwards, just to make it completely ridiculous. 
And I, and I get what the officer is saying, what Lieutenant is saying here. But Lieutenant Bevins said in regards to this picture that was shown afterwards, they were taking a picture with this convicted murderer that they just caught, like 20 people, the entire police force. And Bevins said, quote, I'm OK with it. The cops worked amazingly hard in this situation. It was a tireless two weeks. I'm fine with them taking a picture of their possession. They caught him. So I want your thoughts there. The picture was ridiculous. Um, I thought it was actually like a spoof. I, I literally didn't think it was real. I thought it was like from a movie that they were doing. Like they all, and the guy's just kind of sitting there and he's kind of just like, he's arrested. He's like got his Philadelphia Eagle sweatshirt on or whatever bruised and battered and they're all taking photos with them like smiling it was a uh, it, it was an interesting sight to say the least and i mean at the end of the day i guess take the photo i don't know yeah pretty ridiculous they're they're taking pics like they just caught a blastoise running around in pokemon go or something and it's just a, a convicted murder that's standing there the officer said hey we're cool with it it was a uh it was a long two weeks for these officers and they they took a pick with them. I'd never seen it before. I don't know if it's acceptable or not by we can get, you know, someone else that's in law enforcement on here. I say, you know, act like you've been there before, but clearly they haven't been there before. If it took him two weeks to find this guy, how was he running for two weeks? He, he was breaking into people's houses and stealing granola bars. That's how he was living. Apparently like the one farmer was like, I noticed four of my cliff bars were gone. That's what he's fueled on right now. And those things got too much sugar. He's like, so he's going to die out here soon. So they basically found him via him breaking into random houses. And I guess because he's so small, apparently he was crab walking through the woods. I don't know if that throws off the dog scent. They said, no, no people here are just crabs. Apparently the guy is a master crab walker. I mean, this guy is, I mean, let me explain because for the people out there that can't visualize, obviously uh, you, you can't see the video on the podcast form. And this guy walked up to two walls that were back to back in this in this prison basically in like the courtyard and there was a sunroof over it and that's how he got out and he stuck his arms out and crab walked his way out it was like some if you've ever heard of chris Harria, the calisthenics guy it was like some legit plange position where he somehow like walked his way up and push up position up this wall as it continued to get further away. One of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. He was apparently like a gymnastics guy that got involved with the wrong crowd and did some bad things, but 13 days on the run, man, that is, um, I mean, guys, clearly a, a real big piece of shit, but he sure as hell could have been starring in prison break apparently because they didn't even have the audacity to make up that story. So a big weekend for me, Houdini. I'm actually going camping for the first time since about 2002 uh, for my brother's bachelor party. Shout out Gustavo Walter, who's getting uh, married in late December. We're going on his, his bachelor party. And the one thing that he wanted was he, he got about 15 idiots together. And he said, you know, I don't want to drink a lot. So let's go whitewater rafting in the woods with no service and a bunch of beers. So we'll see how this ends this weekend. I uh, want your overall thoughts on camping before we get into football, because there is a chance that that'll be canceled by next week. Um, thoughts on pitching a tent and, and spending a night under the stars. I mean, I, you probably can guess my stance on camping um, completely out, just 100 percent out. Like I understand you can be out in the elements that's no place to sleep. There's a reason we build homes. Okay. Like my, my family would always do a camping trip and they always just fucking hated us. Cause we would sit out there, do our s'mores and, you know, 
toast the pop tarts over the fire and all that good stuff. And then I'd be like, all right, uncle Steve, I'm heading to a holiday Inn. You guys have fun. And they, they, they'd, they'd, we'd come back in the morning. They got bug bites and shit. Like, a you know, a raccoon got into their tent and you know, I'm just got out of a bubble bath. I'm in my robes still. So they didn't necessarily love that, but I mean, no, no hating on camping. I know some people love it. They think it's therapeutic. I'm, I'm team indoors. All right. Into some football, Aaron Rodgers down for the season on the first drive. I think it was like 75 seconds of real time that Aaron Rodgers was on the field for the New York jets. For those of you that listen to the debut episode, the Irish goodbye, I gave my choice cuts at the end. Uh, Brandon Ayuk over is looking fantastic after he went off in the first game. I think the Desmond Ritter under is looking good. And then the jets are one and oh, so maybe that divisional looks decent. But um, in, in terms of Aaron Rodgers throwing the 26 and a half touchdowns, that's not happening. He's out for the season. If they would have said, hey, let's get the script writers on this based on the New York Jets past with all the stuff that's happened, you know, and Fireman Ed, who leads the Jets chant, who now doesn't go to games anymore. It didn't for a while after the butt fumble because it was so ridiculous. What is the most ridiculous thing we could script in game one of the season? It would be that Aaron Rodgers coming out with the American flag. The faithful fired up. It was terrible, dude. I don't know if there's ever been more buildup for a, a superstar coming to a team or something. And I mean, literally what he played four plays, but I don't know if there's anything comparable to, it would have been similar to, I mean, not quite there, but you know, LeBron coming back to Cleveland and then just, you know, breaking his back on the, the fourth play of the game. It, it was um, tough, tough for New York. Um, Zach Wilson could be worse as far as a backup quarterback is concerned. You know, they don't have Browning back there. Not, not no discredit to our boy, but um, they, they should be all right. They got a crazy defense. I think they'll figure it out. But um, I think Super Bowl hopes are probably shot there in New York. I was listening to the talk shows this morning on ESPN. It's clear that like Greenberg and a lot of those guys were Jets fans growing up. Obviously, a lot of media comes from New York and, and goes to school in Syracuse and probably has some affection for the New York Jets. And they were all debating on who they should bring in. I'm like, I mean, I guess you just give Zach Wilson a chance. There's no Tom Brady's not coming back. He's not walking into the Jets and wearing that green. There's no magic quarterback. There's no easy button that you can push. Like at some point, you got to roll with the guy you have. And they were all throwing out these names. One dude, Nick Foles. I think it was Sal Pelantonio. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, great in the offense, has done it before, has won a Super Bowl. Wentz was a hot name. Then someone threw out Cam Newton. And I said, oh, hold on. Cam Newton. Cam Newton hasn't been good at football in like five years at this point. Kaepernick is my favorite name that still comes up. He's been, he hasn't played in the NFL in I think seven years and he's 37 and everyone's Kaepernick. He's out there. He's been training. He's ready to rock. And it's like, dude, it's, it's over. Kaepernick's NFL career is done. Okay. He's not playing. Maybe if he wants to suit up for the CFL or, or USFL or maybe even the XFL, I think that would work. Honestly, you get the rock little promo in the XFL. Um, but I think the, we realized signing the guys like Philip Rivers, um, Matt Ryan, those those we've seen how that works. These guys love the game, but they can't throw a spiral more than twenty yards anymore. Let somebody else at least try to fling it around. Zach Wilson, um, he seems all right. He, he he's an idiot sometimes, but you know they, he was what the second overall pick or something. I mean, you give him a shot, another shot. Excuse me. When it comes to gambling, man, 
gambling in his back. You wait all year for this baseball gambling. If you're deep into the weeds of sports betting, sure. You can go out there, throw some over unders and some nerfies. Those are the best bets. The no run first innings for those of you out there that like a good nerfie. That's a baseball bet, but it's just not the same as waking up on a Saturday or Sunday, looking at that board and your whole life's in front of you. I mean, there, there was a time in life when I wasn't making too much and was putting a good percentage on some of these games where I swear to you, I was more fired up for these football games on a Saturday than the actual players on the team. I mean, if you would have put me in that tunnel, I would have ran out like Dabo. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel you there. Um, and I, to your point, the uh, betting on baseball is it, it's a tough, it's a tough battle. Okay. I think I lost eight straight MLB bets and I swore I would never bet again on baseball until yesterday um and the reds gave me a heart attack about six different times they started out down three up five three tied it up um but yeah the um i'm back on the train of of gambling i'm thinking about a new strategy where i fade myself so every pick that i am very confident in i tend to lose those so i'm thinking about fading myself the fade houdini parlay of the week type scenario. And I think that's how I make my money back that I lost during baseball. The fade Houdini is great. The one issue with that is, you know, at some point you're going to get hot and you're going to fade your own hot streak. That's the way it works. That's why you can't win or lose. It doesn't matter if you've won 11 in a row or lost 11 in a row. That 12th one is hitting one way or the other. And then eventually it's all coming crashing down. But you've been there before when you're just, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. It's the old Jerry Reed song. Shout out coach from Waterboy. But it's so real in gambling, man. Like you, you've lost seven in a row and you're putting in your last bet on Hawaii. It doesn't matter whether you're taking the over, whether you're taking the under, whether you're taking Cal Poly or whether you're taking the Rainbow Warriors. You are losing that game if you've lost seven in a row. Dude, I... I took the Bills minus two and a half, and Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the fourth fucking play of the game. And then they proceeded to look like the Josh Allen almost looked worse than Burrow week one. He was throwing the ball to the other team left and right, looking like an idiot. And then then they get a punt return to win it. I mean, it was uh, it was what we call a, a catastrophic gambling loss that almost took me out of the sport completely until the next day when the Reds played. I call it the uh, the son of beast experience, right? You go through a few loops. It's a roller coaster ride. You're going up and down. And then once you get off the ride, you just have a massive migraine and no more credits to your name. Joe Burrow cuts his hair after a brutal performance. He gets rid of that Stan Biddleman looking haircut. For those of you that get that reference, shout out Stan Biddleman. But he had that. No clue. That that nineties looking cut, you know, that Coachella cut that looks good with the looks good with an oversized t-shirt and a nice fanny pack. And Joe was rocking that for a minute. He went out there, got his ass kicked in game number one, getting sacked left and right, looked terrible. 80 total yards. And what does he do? He says in the the, the press conference today, um, let's not date this, says the press conference on Wednesday that um it may have had something to do with that haircut. He just had to get rid of it. He's like, you know what? We're, we're going back to the Joe Burrow that got me here. Athens Joe Burrow's back. And I love it. Yeah, you got to – that wasn't his look. Like you said, it was a Coachella look. It was, you know, EDM-type shit, electronic music-type haircut. It's just not his vibe. He's more of the cleaner cut type. And it, it, I was a little bit worried about it coming into the season 
because he had that bandana thing rocking. It, he looked cool as hell and and hot, if I do, might add. Um, but it almost reminded me of a chick that you know comes out of a, a breakup with you know fuckboy Tommy, and she shows up with bangs at the next party, and you go, whoa, whoa, something is going on in her brain that I'm not sure I'm 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 liking right now. I don't think this is positive energy, and that's how I kind of felt with Joe Burrow, and now he's back to the clean cut. He looks good. And I think uh, we're going to see it on Sunday. Consummate professional, baby. I love that. Uh, Last Saturday, we had a little college football Saturday as we will for the rest of hell. I mean, at this point, I give me 14 weeks over under 15 weeks. Yeah. Forever. We got football left and right moving forward. And I got to experience this last one in California um, in the city of San Francisco, you've had many days on the, I guess, mountain time in Phoenix where you got some 10 a.m., 9 a.m. kickoffs or whatever. I'm a fan, man. I always forget how great it is until I come back and come back as if I haven't lived here for the last three years. But when it comes around and you get that first 9 a.m. kickoff, it just hits different, man. Kick or tip. It just hits different. Yeah, I, I like it because when you wake up, it's already on. When you're looking at West Coast time, um, the the one thing that I hate with West Coast time, or and not West Coast time, I'm fine with that, is the lack of enthusiasm out there. I mean, I was literally on Arizona State's campus as Arizona State football was playing. I threw a little wager on the second half game on the second half of the game, and I asked the bartender to turn on the Arizona State game. Mind you, I am on their campus. He looked at me like I had fucking 80 eyeballs. He was like, what? And every bartender didn't even know. They're like, what channel? I'm like, it's your fucking game, guys. Turn it on. So, and nobody else, even the students that were there, didn't seem, you know, they were just having, you know, a regular day out there, not even wondering what what's going on with the game. So, I just think the, I don't know, the enthusiasm or the sports energy out there is obviously a little bit different, which is probably healthier, but I don't know. Didn't sit well with me. It's a pro sports market, and I don't know about Arizona. It may just be a bad sports market as a whole, but California, it's just a pro sports market. I mean, the Warriors, um, 49ers, Dodgers, Lakers, like massive fan bases. They're they're selling out every single night, and they're huge brands. But when it comes to collegiate sports, like good luck in the ACC, Cal and Stanford. They have their women's teams are pretty good, at least uh, Stanford women's, you know, soccer and women's basketball, and, and Cal's not good in anything. But man, I mean, the the lack of support out here is truly incredible. Working at the CBS station, our numbers for March Madness were not even good. They weren't even like our shows weren't even better than normal shows. You didn't even get a boost from March Madness. I'm like, you kidding me? You look at Cincinnati's WKRC's boost during March Madness season. I'm sure it's gargantuan. Everyone's watching March Madness out here. No one really cares, man. No one really cares in California. It's a little bit sad. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can see just, you know, watch the Stanford or USC basketball game, and it is incredible how there's legitimately, it's like your friends and family are the only people in the stands of the players. There, There is nobody, and you know, I guess there's a lot of shit. The thing is, it's Cincinnati in the winter. It's like, what am I going to do? Go, like, fucking make, make a snowman with my stepdad or something outside? No. You're probably going to go to the basketball game in in California. It's not like that. They got other shit to do. They got hot chicks to see, surfing, whatever the hell people do out there. Um, hacky sack is big out there. I'm pretty sure. 
there's just so many options. You can go freaking to a Broadway show, whatever the hell they have. You know, they got a lot of stuff to do. So maybe that's part of it. Oversimplifying this, I think it just comes down to the fact that it's a huge professional sports market. Everyone loves their pro teams. They have five teams and they don't have enough energy to care about Stanford anymore. Although I did hear at one point, like Stanford basketball back in the Josh Childress era and Jacobson back in like 01 and 2000 when they were a one seed back around the Bob Huggins um, domination era at Cincinnati. People did care. And they used to sell out their gym nonstop. So I don't know what the difference is. A lot of it probably is the fact that all these teams in San Francisco stink. I mean, Cal, Stanford stinks. And then in LA, USC hasn't been good in a minute. UCLA hasn't been great at basketball in a minute, aside from a surprise final four run. So maybe that has something to do with it. The The conference of champions didn't win a championship since 97 in basketball or football. I think that, um, it, you win, people start to come, you know, it becomes a hot no, ticket. It's, it's the hacky sacks, dude. That's what it is on the train. The real Burger King cheeseburger. Now, this is a real thing. I sent you a picture of it on the rundown. I don't know if you have it handy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that thing up there for you, Houdini. They sell this thing in Thailand. It's, a, um, it's two buns, sesame seeds, not even toasted, which is 20 slices of American cheese. And I watched a video of some food influencer guy because I've told you that it pops up on the algorithm from time to time in between that and uh, Walt Jr. videos where he delivers pizza to himself as the dad from Malcolm the Middle. That one was just on about 10 minutes ago. But the guy eats this, proclaims how much he loves cheese before this segment, and then said that the burger was just ass. He said 10 pieces would have been plenty. 20 was overkill. I don't know what Burger King's doing. Is this a joke? Or do you think there's someone out there that may enjoy this thing? Where'd you say it is? It's in Thailand or something? Thailand, yeah. Yeah, well, let's keep it over there. I'll say that's that's as much as I'm going to say on, you know, do I enjoy it? No, I don't need 86. That looks like Kraft Singles in there, too. Mind you that, yep. which is... The, truly the worst cheese on planet earth big cheese if you have any big cheese industry members they're probably fucking puking right now looking at what that what you just showed here even though they can't see it um but no i'm not on the train of 86 craft singles between two buns absolutely not it makes me wonder and i guess this isn't nationwide and it's not worldwide so it's just a publicity stunt at this point they're doing exactly what we wanted to do you know people are reviewing it and on the Chatter podcast with our reach of millions, they're they're getting some free advertising out there. But here's how I respond to that free advertising. I think Burger King will probably cancel them on one of these shows. How the hell is Burger King still around with all the different options that you have fast food wise? I mean, who's going to Burger King like Long John Silver's to me, Burger King, uh, Snappy Tomato Pizza. There are just some places out there that I drive by and I'm like, how the hell is this place still here? You could probably loop it in with the the mattress store conspiracies, right? Where there's all these mattress stores. I've never seen anybody once. Google it if you haven't before. Never any like nowadays they have all those different, you know, the purple bed or whatever, the all those different mattresses that they ship directly to you. They're in a little box. And then when you get them, they expand or whatever. It's it's beautiful. I highly recommend. Uh, but there's so many of those air mattress stores around. What's the name of the that particular franchise, Chuck? Are you are you? It was it was Wayfair, correct? No, wait, no. Wayfair is the one that was possibly in uh, child trafficking or something. So human trafficking, not not Wayfair. Um, 
what is that air mat or that mattress store? Let's basically the there's a conspiracy because there was there was like twenty there was within a they did like one state there was a a mattress store basically on every block within you know ten square miles and they're like we've never seen anyone buy mattresses they think it's part of a huge money laundering conspiracy and I'm I'm willing to put Burger King Long John Silver's into that too because. The only time you go to Burger King is when you go to McDonald's and the line is too long. And the Burger King's next door, you get the 10 nuggets for $1.95. You shit your pants the second you eat them and you drive home embarrassed and crying. That's usually how Burger King works. I'm one of the biggest mozzarella stick fans of all time. I can honestly say that Burger King's mozzarella sticks aren't even worth eating. Like you could pay me a dollar and I just say, I'm good. I don't need those cheese sticks. The last time I went to Burger King, Chicken fries. It was like two. It was like two that chicken fries. Good stuff. They're like good. 2018, I think. I was living in Lexington, and I went to a Burger King. And by the end of the day, I had spent like eighty dollars at this Burger King. And you say, Chuck, how did you spend eighty dollars at a Burger King? We just talked about how gross their food is. Did you buy twenty of these ultimate cheeseburgers? No. I went there, spent like ten dollars on food. As I was driving by. A man came up to me. He's like, hey, I'm starving. Can you buy me some food? I was feeling good that day. So I bought him some food. It was like, you know, $12. I bought him 15 nuggets and three burgers, whatever it may be. After I buy him the food, a lady comes up to me and says, sir, I saw how nice that was of you. I need to catch a greyhound to go down to Knoxville, Tennessee. Can you please spare me $20? So I go to this place. Buy her the ticket. I ended up buying two tickets for one of her friends that came in. I'm like, at this point, I'm just too far deep. $80 I spent by going to this Burger King. That's what being a yes man is. And they didn't even say thank you. They just got on this this bus like I had done nothing for them. Like I hadn't spent the last 30 minutes driving all over the place to get them tickets and burgers and everything. And they just walked away. And I said, you know what? I'm a better man for that. Karma's going to come back to give me good things. And that's why I'm unemployed. I mean, if I was like a beggar, for example, and they, I don't know if you know this, but they all kind of have their own network. They all work together. So they'll have certain spots that they'll stand on to collect money near freeways and all that good shit. And they have like the alpha leader who collects all this money. I think it would be extremely profitable for them to target you and target you alone. So basically have different people begging for money at different locations, wherever you go, because you are a one-way ticket to being a multimillionaire for these guys. You 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 bought two tickets to a Greyhound. They never even said thank you. I think you would continue to do that as many times as they came up to you. Similar to you getting robbed by the rat man. Uh, hey, I didn't get robbed. I didn't get robbed by the rat man because he came into the living room and Kylan was in there eating the Jersey Mike's protecting the house along with the two dogs that apparently was just like sniffing this guy as he walked through the garage. But in this certain situation, I mean, erroneous, eh? Um, I, I'm just thinking back to all the times when I was telling you Hollywood stories on the chatter back in the day where they got me with like a CD. I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and one dude said, let me sign this CD for you. And I was like, no, I'm good. And he put it in my hand. And at that point, I was like, I don't want the CD. He's like, this is art. You don't want my art. And so I'm like, OK, here's a dollar. He's like, I signed that. A dollar that's disrespectful. So I ended up giving him a 20. That was brutal. But I can honestly tell you, after living in San Francisco, I, I got the word when I first moved there. It was just put your head down and don't talk to people. 
because if you talk to people, you're a target and you'll be a target for forever. So I haven't done that since 2018. I'm an asshole now. I've blended in with society and I just go about with my life and don't help people anymore because you help people and they take advantage of you. Case in point, well, the Burger King story. The one guy, shout out to Young Peso over at Bill's Food Mart down the street in Covington. He is a aspiring artist. He sells CDs inside of the convenience store. He's not on Spotify, but claims he's got 3 million in plays on what platform we don't know. But one of, one of my, I think it was like Merritt walked in there and he asked, he's there every day. And he says, CD, and he'll, he'll be like, I have the, the original albums, $3. My deluxe version is actually going for five right now. He's like, so that's a steal of the century. And Kenny was like, Oh, sorry, man. I don't, I don't really listen to rap much. And he goes, what do you listen to? And he's like country he goes, oh, I got a country album too, dog. He's like, and jazz. So he was strapped up in a trench coat with every genre of music. And that's something I got to tip my cap to. And we actually just bought a CD. Uh, we don't really know how to play it, but we did end up buying the CD. So shout out young peso. You can probably find him on YouTube or something, but he's out there hustling. So give it up for him. Why is Merritt going to the CD store? It's 2023. It's not the CD store. It's a convenience store. There's just a guy in the convenience store where you buy like beer and stuff that sells all genres of music that he makes himself. He just stands okay. in the candy aisle. Yeah. That makes more sense. I thought Merritt was like shopping at FYE and there was someone in front selling their own CDs. Listener question. This is a good one. It comes from Ryan King. Thank you for joining the program, Ryan King. He says... How are mega-sized sex stores in rural areas still in business? That's honestly one of the greatest questions I've ever heard because you see them everywhere. It's the fireworks store in Dubuque. Uh, Dubuque's honestly too big a city to have one of those. It's, it's a city in Wyoming that you've never even heard of that has a population of 30, and they have a fireworks store, a subway, and a sex store. So that does pose the question, how are these still in business? Yeah, it's it's like they got a couple. A couple of the big ones is what Jack and Jill is a huge one. Um, I'm trying to look. Lion's Den is another one, and they are. It looks like an Amazon warehouse factory. That's how big they are. And I've always wondered because it'll be like a little. It'll be a an exit with only like you said like three things. One of them will be like an Amish butter farm that you can go visit, and then next door you can buy like an 18 foot dildo across the street and a bunch of latex. So it, I've always, I haven't, I wish I could say I've been in one because I've joked around when on those road trips, like, Oh, ever, I think everyone, it's like the dad joke of the year. Like, Hey, you want to stop over at Jack and Jill and see if we can find you guys something? No, like, you know, it's, it's a, a classic joke. I think dads have on car our car trips, but um, I've never been in one. Have you? I have not. And I don't understand because I see the don't sign be shy. and it says like, we have arcade games and I'm wondering, are people in there just in between shopping for vibrators? Are they, are they playing Mrs. Pac-Man? Like, like what's going on in there with these arcade games that it says, are they sex games? I mean, Is it like Popeye yeah. the sailor man naked? Yeah. I haven't been in there, but I, I think it's similar to kind of a whack-a-mole situation that you might see to Dave and Buster's, except, you know, you drop your drawers and you get on top of the whack-a-mole machine and that thing just shoots right up into you. <laughs> that's what I think is happening at the lion's den on the side of 75. Okay. Let's be, let's be clear about that. Okay. So I, I don't know if we have any young kids watching or listening, which of course we have millions of listeners 
Um, I'd stay away from the lines then. 18 means 18. And then one day you can, you know, open the gates of hell and see what's going on inside of those. With your five-star review on Apple Podcasts, let us know if you've ever been in the sex store and what it's like so we can paint a picture to our audience next episode. And now's a good time to tell you, for all the dads out there listening to this show, you probably should have had this thing on mute. This is a show that you listen to on your jog, that you listen to while you're in the break room. You don't listen with little Johnny in the backseat. Little Johnny can watch his Dragon Tales, his Arthur, and, and Cat Dog. Or, or whatever shows they're watching nowadays, the the bizarre Vark with Jake Paul or whatever it may be. But the, uh, the the sex stores, man, one of the most wild phenomenons I've ever seen because no one's actually ever been in one, but they're massive and they're everywhere. It's it's very interesting. Um, maybe we'll, we should do like a live vlog where we actually go into one of those and, and try to avoid the whack-a-mole game, obviously at all costs, but check out what's really going on. I assume it's just like a gigantic hustler's store i mean i've there's one in downtown Cincy that i cross by every day and it is hilarious i'll like walk in from work and there will be a guy walking out of there and i can tell he's he's trying to like lay low like i don't see him i'm like i see you i see you buddy what's in that box and it's like buzzing in his pocket he runs into his honda civic so i that's what i assume it probably is is just a giant one of those but um one day i'll uh one of us is gonna have to stop in there and check it out it reminds you of all the dudes that used to walk out of the tanning booth back in the day. You know, we'd be walking down Court Street, heading to J-Bar for a little happy. And we didn't go to J-Bar. I don't know why I'm throwing this out as a little example. We'd be heading down to the CI for a little happy hour. And next thing you know, one of your buddies walks out of the old tanning salon. It's breaks in a week. Come on. I got to get my got to get my vitamin D in me. But um, it's that same situation. You walk out of the sex store. You're definitely wearing a hoodie. I mean, I would imagine that about 75% of the population in there is rolling around in a hoodie. All right, it's time for a new segment, an original segment here on The Chatter. Uh, the two of us, we lack a lot of things in life. One of them's not integrity, and creativity is not one either. How about the MySpace Top 5? Today we're talking about Disney Channel original movies, and I don't have a ton, but I do bring a skill set to this game with three younger sisters. They love their Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, we'll go number five. Um, I had to throw this in. I, I was debating between this and a couple other movies. I had to throw it in just because it has one of the greatest segments, I think, in, in Disney Channel original movie history, which says a lot. It's double teamed. You remember this? It was two twins. WM, they actually were WNBA players at the time that I didn't was unaware of. I thought they were 15-year-old girls. Um, great final segment in the movie if you're there's like four seconds left and legitimately it takes 25 minutes of the actual movie time and she basically just travels the entire time you gotta clip this thing on youtube at some point it is one of the greatest moves in real or fake basketball history so double teamed is my number five number five i'm going with smart house uh came out in 1999 oh. same year as spongebob and it involves one of those marketing contests, you know, back in the days, the ones where, uh, personal example here, Nestle Crunch Bars got me hooked in, in the mid-90s. They had a promotion that they were running where you could uh, play Grant Hill one-on-one. -on -one. one lucky person. Out of all the people in the United States, one lucky person. Now, I was still gobbling up those Nestle Crunch Bars. My odds probably weren't good, but I was thinking, no one likes these Nestle Crunch Bars. 
These are like choice 20. How many of these can they be selling today? I eat enough. I'm going to be playing one-on-one with Grant Hill. Anyways, they had those contests on the drinks, whatever it may be. Drink enough Sprite remixes or Pepsi Blues because these things stink. Actually, the Sprite remixes are good. But drink enough Pepsi Blues and eventually you're going to win yourself a smart house. Yes, this was the concept of the story, but not with Pepsi Blue. Someone enters a raffle, the main character, and 6K entries for this smart house that is well beyond its time and it tells you what time you need to wake up and talks to you and if you're doing something wrong in your life it it scolds you it's it's literally a human brain in a house and only 6000 people signed up for it and this guy wins it the dad's kind of weary he's like son you know I, I don't think we can do it it just seems a little strange this is the 90s there's no smart houses and then he looks in the newspaper and sees that the realtor is pretty and says we're in so the smart house starts turning into their mom, starts controlling them. Eventually, a real-life human being, the house shapeshifts into a mom, and she says, you're not leaving this house, and everyone goes nuts. Uh, can't remember how it ended, but I think that's the gist of it. Number five, the 90s classic Smart House. Love Smart House. That, that's what I was debating on number five. Phenomenal film. Um, number four, 13th year. The 13th year, excuse me. You remember that one? No. I'll give you a little gist of the 13th year. It's where his, this kid, they find him on a boat, whatever. He doesn't know this. Turns out it's when he turns 13, he starts to grow fins. He's on the swim team. He's dominating. They find out that his mom's a mermaid, okay? And he can, he's got gills and stuff, so he sits at the water fountain for like 25 minutes a day. And everyone in class is like, what the hell is his problem, man? What is that guy, a merman? He is, okay? He actually is a merman. Um, and then they find out, and then he swims off to sea with his mom. Just a classic Disney Channel movie. All right, number four. I'm going with um, High School Musical. Uh, it's just, it's consistent. It introduced us to Zac Efron. Good music. My little sisters loved it. Uh, so we'll go with High School Musical. Just nice and easy at number four. I don't want to give away the good ones. Yeah, High School Musical, I I do want to make a just a blanket statement that anything that was made in like past 2005, I want to say, I'm not very familiar with. I guess I was I had grown up to watching, you know, BattleBots with Salisbury. Um, so a lot of the newer ones, I haven't really seen that much. So all mine are probably in that, you know, 95 or 98 to 2003 range. Um, and then I got, if you remember this one, let me know, Brink. The roller skating one. Oh, fantastic. And there was always a rumor that they filmed it in Cincinnati because the the big finale is they're on Devil's Backbone is the last track they they race on. Turns out they just used the name of the street, Devil's Backbone. Um, It's a West Side Street. You might not even be familiar with it. Um, But yeah, love that one. Fantastic film. All right, my number three, the Even Stevens movie. It's wonderful. Um, One of the best series out there, first of all. The movie wasn't as amazing, but Lewis Stevens and the family, they're on a a reality show. And then it was basically like some Truman Show type thing where they thought they were getting a free vacation. They were on a reality show. Um, All hell hit the fan. It was good stuff. Even Stevens movie. It's a we'll we'll give it number three. I absolutely. Yeah. Even Stevens movie. Big fan. that was, a, that was a great movie. Even Stevens itself, phenomenal show. Shia LaBeouf, shout out to him. Um, friend of the program, some would say. My number two is going to be Luck of the Irish. 
Oh. This is where there's an evil, what is it, a, an evil leprechaun. He starts stealing the luck of this family. And this this guy used to be good at basketball that he can't make a shot to save his life because this little evil ep- leprechaun like put a curse on his family and they're trying to find this coin. I don't really remember the movie. That's the gist of it, I think. But just a, he starts growing elf ears or leprechaun yeah. ears at the end. Great. Just overall great writing, great cast. Um, yeah, that's my number two. Well, that was going to be my number one. So um, I- I'll at yes. least give some some uh, give you a, a plot point on that one. Yeah, he wakes up one Please. day and he's great at basketball. He's the man. Everyone in his high school loves him. Uh, sounds a lot like you back in the day, elder high school, Houdini, all guys. School, exactly. So it didn't really matter that everyone loved you. Um, but with, with that being said, he uh, goes to like a county fair, which I've already canceled, but he goes to a county fair and he's got his Irish coin on his family loves their Irish heritage. And some dude that's working like the basically like the whack-a-mole or he's, he's working the ladder that I told you about. He was a failed magician. He's going through the dumps and he steals his coin. And the coin is everything to him. And once the once he doesn't have the coin, he turns into a leprechaun somehow. I think that's what I'm getting at. And then at the end, they have a basketball game where, you know, he has to win it himself because the leprechaun's like six foot seven and looks like one of the monsters. Like there's a lot going on in this movie. That's the gist of it. It's been a minute, but it's the same actor that's in Smart House. So they used to just recycle the same actors in some of these movies. But my number two. Let's go with uh, Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. Mm. He's a uh, he's a real good surfer. The family moves across the country, and he becomes a real good um, snowboarder. But Johnny Tsunami. We'll go with that number two. Johnny Tsunami. Just name alone, top tier. And, yeah, that just goes to show you don't go to the state fair anymore. Just on your previous point, luck of the Irish. This guy ruined his life. He had a six foot seven leprechaun trying to beat his family's ass. Okay. That's what happens when you go to the state fair. So I digress. Uh, my number one is Halloween Town. Just a fantastic film through and through. Uh, plot line. The, what is it? Basically, it's like a separate universe where everyone's just a Halloween character for eternity, essentially. Just, just a great concept. Great character development, the whole nine. I think there's like one, there's three video or three Halloween towns to some degree. All of them pretty good, but the original number one, that's going to be my number one pick. That's a, that's a great number one pick. It was actually going to be mine. I remember uh, one of the scenes, I don't remember a ton, but something about a movie theater. He goes into the movie theater and the bad guy's in the screen or whatever it may be. Um, and I saw recently that one of the actors, the one with the glasses, who's like the main son in the movie he's like 42 years old now so you you want to be depressed mm. the little kid in halloween town that you grew up watching is like 42 and he's probably a failed magician too working at the county fair at this point because life <laughs> is full circle uh my number one just because you took mine and i'm behind the eight ball my number one i honestly can't think of any other disney channel original movie my list was sparse so we'll go with the Lizzie McGuire movie because I had seen that one before. And the, and the plot lines in this one, bulletproof. Uh, Lizzie McGuire, normal, average human being that can never get the guy she wants that, you know, loves conditioning before he shampoos. The real ones out there know what I'm talking about there. But anyways, um, she goes on this trip. Gordo thinks he's getting lucky. Gordo's like, oh, Lizzie, 
We've been we've been tangling for a while now. We've been friend zone for quite some time. I'm thinking that maybe different area code, different continent is going to be what vaults me over the top. No, instead, Lizzie one day when she's hanging out with Gordo ordering some pierogies or something, she sees a, a guy across the way and he goes, oh, Bella. And he, he, she's, no, I'm not Bella. My name's Hillary. No, you're a Bella. So anyways... He essentially kidnaps her and says, hey, you're coming with me to record. And all of a sudden, she's singing with this guy. And then day of the concert when she's getting ready to play in front of like 5,000 people because she is under the impression that she's filling in for someone that has like a vocal cord issue. Really, the vocal cord issue person comes out last second and is like, you have to trust me, Hillary. I, she's not actually Italian. He's bringing out Hillary to ruin this other person, this lookalike's career, he's going to go out there and lip sing because they've both been lip singing for a while. And she says, the only way to do this is by you to go out there, by us to go out there together and expose this fraud as the coward that he is. And the guy goes out there, he's getting ready to sing. I think his first line is flawless. And he comes out there for his second hymn and they pull down the, the, the Nat sound that's already in there and they pop up his real mic and he just sucks. The entire place is booing. He cowers and runs off the stage crying. Magnificent film. Number one, LMG. Did Gordo just get cucked again? Remember Gordo? <laughs> it was like Lizzie McGuire's little crush named Gordo, and he just got told around left and right. I was hoping maybe in the Lizzie McGuire movie that somehow he ended up with Hillary Duff, but I'm going to assume he just got torched again per usual. I want to say at the end, they may have had a moment. Now, it could have just been like a hug, like, Gordo, you're like a friend to me. That that may have been what it was, but there was at least a good moment at the end where Gordo, Gordo was involved. So, um, And the only reason that I went with Lizzie McGuire, number one, is because literally, last second, you went Halloween Town. I thought that was going to be like four, three. That was the last show I had left on the list that I even knew. And so Lizzie McGuire, it was the only thing that came to my head. I had to do it in order to throw out a top five. And that's what's fun about the MySpace top five. You got to really value your picks here. All right. Is there anything else that uh, you, you want to add to the conversation today, Houdini, or is that a wrap? Talking about cheese, talking about the five-foot fugitive, Ryan King's question on the mega-sized sex stores in rural areas, and uh, some football, you know, and um, canceling Burger King. We, we I think we touched it all today. I, I think we did. I think we... We got in everything unless we got some time for a little Bearcats talk. The, the Bearcats talk is actually cross promotion right now. For those of you that want to listen, Bearcats talk, Chatterbox oh. <laughs> Bearcats. You can subscribe to that right now. It takes a half a second. It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Completely different type of show. We'll still bring our takes, a little bit of this humor, but this is more of a, you know, cut it loose. So oh, it's a cheeky show. That went a little more sports driven where we don't necessarily break down the X's and O's, but we definitely talk about the Jimmy and the Joes, a.k.a. Jizzle James, baby. Fire me Jizzle, up. Son of Edrin. Let's go. Son of Edrin. We're talking about him. So the cross promotion right there. Uh, join Chatterbox Bearcats. For Houdini, I'm Chuck. Until next time, this is the Chatter. <laughs>